Amen. Well, we're going to continue working through uh, the, the Apostles' Creed. Last week we talked about, I believe in God the Father Almighty. That the God that we serve is an almighty God. And today we're going to look at the line that says, the maker of heaven and earth. And so, um, if you want to turn in your Bibles, we're going to look at the whole first chapter of Genesis. Now, this is the topic that I really get into, and I've, I've you know, gotten off in conversations about this, gone through the rabbit holes of the internet looking at, you know, topics on the, the discussion of creation. As a person who was a science teacher in the classroom for a long time, who taught astronomy, including the Big Bang Theory, this is a topic that really fascinates me, and I really can dive deep into some language. That is not today's sermon just so that you know. We're not going to do a science lesson. There probably will be some science words that come out because it's just part of who I am. But that's not really the discussion that we're having today. We're just talking about the fact that God made everything that we see. God is the maker of heaven and earth. We as Christians believe that we serve the God of heaven, the God Almighty, who made everything in the universe. He is the maker of heaven and earth. So look with me in Genesis chapter 1. Beginning in the first verse, it says this, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. All right, so now we get into the creation. Here's where he kind of lays it out. And what I've come to learn in recent months, there is a really interesting pattern here that I'd never really paid much attention to. But there's kind of a a repetition of a pattern. So I I want you to see this as we go through it. We'll see on day one, two, and three, God kind of creates three different domains. And then on days four, five, and six, he creates things to inhabit those domains. So look with me here as we get into this in verse three. God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning one day. So the domain here he's creating is light and dark, day and night. Moving on. It says, Then God said, Let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters. Let it separate waters from waters. God made the expanse and separated the waters which were below the expanse from the waters which were above the expanse, and it was so. And God called the expanse heaven, and there was evening, and there was morning a second day. So here he's created the sky and the, the waters below. So he's, it's kind of oceans and the sky, right? So we have the seas and the sky created here on day two. Then he goes on. God said, let the waters below the heavens be gathered into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering of the waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. And then God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seeds, and fruit trees of the earth, uh, on the earth, bearing fruit after their kind with seed in them. And it was so. And the earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed after their kind, and trees bearing fruit with seed in them after their kind. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning, a third day. 
All right, so now the pattern repeats. Here we go. Then God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day, the lesser light to govern the night. And he made the stars also. God placed them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth and to govern the day and the night and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning, a fourth day. So on day one, he created the the day and night, light and darkness. And then on day four, he heads back to that and he populates those things with the stars and the, the sun and the moon. And so we see in the next verse, verse 20, it says, Then God said, Let the waters teem with swarms of living creatures. Let birds fly above the earth in the open expanse of the heavens. And God created the sea monsters and every living creature that moves, with which the waters swarmed after their kind. And every winged bird after its kind, God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let the birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening, and there was morning, a fifth day. So now God populates the sky and the waters. And then day six, God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures after their kind, cattle and creeping things and beasts of the earth after their kind. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth after their kind and the cattle after their kind and everything that creeps on the ground after its kind. And God saw that it was good. And then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them. God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And then God said, Behold, I have given you every plant-yielding seed that is on the surface of all the earth, and every tree which has fruit-yielding seed, it it shall be food for you. And every beast of the field of the earth, and to every bird of the sky, and to everything that moves on the earth, which has life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw all that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning the sixth day. So here in the very first chapter of the Bible, we have a summary of how God created everything that has come into existence. And there's a lot of theories out there today and a lot of people who are trying to take ideas from the scientific community and, and try to merge them into biblical thought and, and, and find a way that these things can coexist together. And um, I find that discussion very fascinating because I believe that the Bible is true. And I believe that anything that we discover outside of the, in the world around us is really going to point us back to a, a, an intelligent designer, a divine creator. And, and I really see that in the world around us. What's remarkable to me is as we look at this, we, we study the world around us and we see how amazing God is that he could take such, such simple building blocks and create the world that we see around us. 
I don't know if you guys remember chemistry. Here's the science part. Um, but in chemistry class, we had this really fancy chart on the wall. It was kind of an odd shape, mostly rectangular, but had some other pieces to it. You guys remember the periodic table of elements, right? Element number one, anybody remember element number one? Good guess. Hydrogen was element number one, right? And it turns out that like 99% of the universe is made up of hydrogen. Like almost everything in the whole universe Night, night, or excuse me, hydrogen, right? And then after that come things like oxygen and carbon and, and some other elements, but most of it's made up of hydrogen. And what's really fascinating is if you dive a little deeper, hydrogen is made up of one proton and one electron. Other elements have things like neutrons in them, all right? Now, I'm, hang with me just a moment, all right? So there's these little bitty tiny things that you cannot see protons, neutrons, electrons. We study these things in science. What's fascinating is every single element on the periodic table is made up of those three basic building blocks. From those three basic building blocks, you have things like iron, gold, silver, hydrogen, oxygen, nitrogen, everything that is in the universe that is matter that we could quantify as a, an object or a thing or a or, or, or a gas, a liquid, a solid, every single thing made, made up of protons, neutrons, and electrons. It's all there. It, it's as if you gave God three basic components of Legos and said, that's all you get, and you can make anything you want, and God created this. I mean, the world that we live in is fascinating. I mean, the, the number of different materials just present in this room would boggle our minds to try to think about how we could take three building blocks and make all that. Can you imagine making this room a replica in Lego? I mean, it was, it's crazy to think, but God took three tiny building blocks and he created the entire world, the universe as we know it. And everything that we have obeys very specific laws, very intelligently designed balancing systems. That if it wasn't there, we wouldn't, we wouldn't survive. If it wasn't created the way that it is, we would have no hope of existence. You study all fields of science and there are these laws of conservation. Law of conservation of mass. Law of conservation of energy. There, there are systems that are completely dependent upon each other. And if any part of the system is taken out, the system starts to go into chaos. It's an amazing world that we live in. The cosmos, as we study them, are fascinating to look at. And what they point to, what they, they show us again and again, is that they had to have been set up by a God who was wise, who was, who was designing it with great detail. What we see over and over again in this testimony is God looks at what he created and he says, it is good. He created it to be perfect. He created it so that it would work. He created it so that it would hold together. God created us in his perfect design to be what he wanted us to be. And he did it all by speaking into existence. It's amazing what God created. We serve the God who created it all. We believe in the maker of heaven and earth. In John chapter 1, 
he kind of plays off of this and, and is pointing to a fact. As you read the Gospel of John, one of the things he says is he's written it to show that Jesus was the Messiah. Jesus was the Son of God. He wanted to demonstrate that from the very beginning. And so he opens his, his Gospel, John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He goes on, he says, he was in the beginning with God, and all things that came into being, excuse me, all things came into being through him. Apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. And then in verse 14, he says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. You see, we serve a God who created everything, and his son was there with him in the beginning. It refers to him as the word. It was through him, as God spoke into existence the day and the night, as God spoke into existence the existence of trees and, and, and oceans, and he set the boundaries of these things, it was Jesus who was there in the beginning with him. He was not some second thought. He was not a backup plan. He was there with God in the very beginning, and it was God's plan from that time forward that Jesus would come in the way that he came. He came, and he took on flesh. It says he dwelt among us, and we saw his glory. We serve a God who created everything, and he created you. There's this song that I learned years ago, and I believe it was a David Crowder song, but he says, he makes everything glorious. He says, God makes everything glorious. You make everything glorious. And then he says, what does that make me? So when we look at it and we consider the fact that God created everything, that includes me. That includes you. God created you. God designed you. David mused over this in, in Psalm 139. You can see, he says, For you formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret, skillfully, skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. Your eyes have seen my unformed substance, and in your book were all written the days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was not one of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God, and how vast is the sum of them. Sometimes we can kind of get to where we feel a little bit lost in all of this. As we step back and we consider the grandeur of the world that's been created around us, when we think about the cosmos, that just how far the heavens reach, the beauty of, of distant galaxies, and, and the, the, just the wonder of these, these distant objects that we can look at in the sky. Sometimes we can get lost in the grandeur and feel a bit insignificant. But in the eyes of God, we're precious to him. In the eyes of God, he knows exactly who you are. He knows exactly what your inward parts are and how they were fitted together. 
He designed you and created you with great purpose in mind. He ordained the days of your life before any one of them came to be. God knew you before you were born. As God created the whole world and fit it together, God created you and wove you together. That's the God that we serve. In Ephesians 2.10, Paul puts it this way. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. That word that's translated here as workmanship, it, it has the connotation of being like the signature design. It's like everything else that God created was practice, and then he created man. It was, everything else is kind of the sketch, and we are the final product. God created us and put his mark upon us. We are created in his image. This word could also be translated as masterpiece. You are his masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Do you know that God has works in mind for you? As David understood, God, you ordained all of my days. You had plans for me before I was ever created. God has plans for you too. God has a a destiny in mind for you. He has work for you to do, good works which he prepared for you so that we would walk in them. And so let me encourage you that as we acknowledge that we believe in God the Father Almighty who created the heavens and the earth, remember that that means he created you too. And it wasn't just so that you would have to suffer here a little while and then get to go home and be with him. No, he created you for good works. And we are called to walk in those works as he leads us. Let's pray together. God, I thank you that you are the great creator of the universe. You are the designer of everything that we see. Father, I pray that we would glorify you in the way that we live. And Father, I ask that we would walk in accordance with the good works you prepared for us, that you made us for. God, I thank you that we can look to you as the maker of heaven and earth, that as we study and, and learn about the world around us, as we marvel at its beauty, Father, we can recognize that it only serves to point us back to you the one who set it in motion, the one who sustains it to this day. Truly, the heavens testify day by day the glory of God. Father, may we see it and recognize that you created us with good intentions, with a purpose and a ministry to serve. Be glorified in us, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen.